no one, uh, no one after lighting a lamp puts it under the basket, uh, under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. Okay. So uh, one of us is going to talk about us being the salt of the earth, and the other one will talk about the light of the world. So uh, I will talk about the light, being the light of the world, and Brother Sandy will talk about um, the salt of the earth. So uh, when you think about light, there's been so many references uh, about light in the Bible, and they are very... Uh, good references, but uh, as we are reading this scripture, we can ask ourselves, what does it mean to be the light of the world, you know? Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is addressing us this morning, and where you're seated, what do you think it means to be the light of the world? And um, one of the things is when we don't have light, light is usually associated with, uh, we can relate it to direction. You know, uh, when someone is blind and they can't see, you find that they will need someone to direct them, to hold them by the hand and take them around. Or when there is no power, when there is no light, you and I will have uh, difficulties finding our way. And it's the same way uh, in life with you and I. When we do not have this light that the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about, we will not have direction. We will not have purpose. And um, in Psalm chapter, Psalm chapter 103, verse 105, so I will be reading uh, a few references, a few scriptures which uh, talk about light in the Bible. And when you look at them closely, you will notice that uh, they are quite related to what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying. So in Psalm 103, verse 105, uh, the Bible says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, um, a, light, a light to my path. And to be, to be the light of the world means that we live our lives in a way that it ministers to the people. Um, I like that the Bible is explaining what, where this light comes from and what this light is. Uh, it's saying that your word is a lamp unto my feet. So we don't have to look uh, far uh, further uh, than the word of God. God's word is right here with us. It's in our midst. And this is the light that the Lord Jesus Christ was saying. And he was instructing us, like, do not put it under the table. Do not hide your light. He says that let your light so shine. Amen. Yeah, so uh, we are just going to look at some of um, the qualities or what uh, other scriptures talk about and uh, what it means to be light. My second point is the light in us cannot be put up, uh, cannot be put out. Like this light which is, brought, uh, which is brought from the word of God is something that no man can extinguish, okay? Uh, it's light that is ever burning. So in Proverbs chapter 4, 
the scriptures say, The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. Uh, verse 19 says that, But the way of the wicked is like the darkest gloom. They do not know what's, what makes them stumble. Okay? So, in this case, we can clearly see that when there is no light, we will stumble. It will be difficult for us to find our way. But I like the first uh, verse 18. It talks about the path of the righteous, your path. Okay? It shines ever brighter until the midday. You know, when it's midday, that's when it's brightest because after that, the sun starts to fall and it sets and it's nighttime. But your light, the word of God in your life, uh, it shines brighter until the perfect day. So no man can put away, uh, can put off this light uh, that is in our lives. Amen. Yeah. So now uh, the question is that, do you see this light in the lives of the people sitting around you? in the life of the person seated next to you? Uh, or maybe, let me ask you this, do you, are you shining, are you letting this light come out? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, let your light so shine before men. Hmm? Uh, it has to shine before men so that they can see uh, the good works, uh, the, uh, your good works and give glory to your Father. Okay? So, the question is, sometimes it may not be so. So, um, how, do you, how do we let our, shine, uh, our light shine so that men can see our good works and give glory to our Father? Remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, one of the things I noticed is that um, our Heavenly Father wants people to look at our lives and be like, okay, uh, God has transformed this life. God is with this person, and then they will give glory to him, uh, not attracting attention to ourselves. So um, how we let our, sh our light shine is, firstly, um, we need to understand that uh, the, light, the light that shines from us um, is the light that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And in John chapter 1, verse 5, uh, the Bible talks about this light before it was in us, okay? It says that the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome this light, okay? And it's important for us to realize that uh, if the world did not understand Jesus Christ, they will not understand you, they will not understand us. It is strange. And sometimes if you're doing something secret and you don't want people to find out, uh, sometimes, like, let me ask this. Do you have areas in your life where you do not want God to be involved? You know, uh, maybe it's a small habit which you're like, you know what? I like this. Uh, it's my life and I just want to leave it like this. This area I want to maintain, you know, uh, it may not be a big thing, maybe something that you have accepted as being part of yourself. But I would like for us, as we are talking about light and being salt, uh, when you talk about these things, 
they have to transform our lives. If they are going to transform the lives of the people who are going to look at us, who are going to see us, if they are going to give glory to our Heavenly Father, then the transformation needs to happen in us, and then they will see that it's because of the Word of God that this person has been transformed. Um, so we do not shine by ourselves, and this is, uh, this is my second point, and I think that this is one of the most important things that as Christians we need to understand, that we do not shine by ourselves, we do not stand so that people can see, we stand so that people can see uh, what the Lord, what our Heavenly Father has put in us. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, we saw in John that he was the light who shines in darkness. So it's important for us to know uh, where, where our source is or where uh, our empowerment comes from. As a Christian, we cannot do anything by ourselves. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ is the source of our light and... Uh, by referencing he, like the people he was preaching to as lights in the world, the Lord said that instead of hiding our testimony, uh, instead of hiding our testimony of Christ, lowering our light and hiding away, we are to shine in dark, uh, in dark times and push out darkness. Uh, when you think about uh, what is going on in the world, uh, not just in this country, but everywhere, you listen on the news and you see how people are living life, you can tell that uh, there is darkness covering men. And it's important uh, for us as Christians to be intentional with, how, uh, with us putting forth the light because this light is not for other Christians. This light is meant to shine in a very dark world, in a very dark place. And uh, the question would be for you and me, are we shining? Are we letting this light shine? Are we, uh, is our good works showing before other people who are looking at us? So it's important that we, um, don't want to say take responsibility, but it's important that we are intentional. Um, or we, take our, we do our part in our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Because uh, he provides the light. He is the source. And it is through fellowship with the Holy Spirit that, we, um, that men begin to see and that we have empowerment to do these good works. So uh, God is not expecting us to present ourselves as the answer to people's problems. Um, our light is reflected light, and it is light that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, when people look at us, they will be able to see uh, our good works. So to do good works, you need someone to show you, because it's not something that comes natural. It's like when God says, do not steal. If, if it's something that was common sense to all of us, in the head it is, but sometimes... We steal his time. We steal his money. So there is a reason the Bible says something and the Bible lays down uh, instructions for us. When you read the book of Proverbs, 
uh, every now and then, King Solomon and other people who are writing, they would say, pay attention to my words. Hear what I'm saying. You know, pay close attention to my words. And King Solomon says that when I was young, my father taught me this. He said to me, he taught me the fear of the Lord. And it's important for us when we are reading his word. In Hebrews, the Bible says that uh, this word is living and active. Okay? Is it living in your life? Or it's just something that you memorize? Or it's just something that you have come to know? But the word of God in us, for, for it to shine, for, for us to be empowered to receive instruction for living, uh, it needs to be alive. Amen. Yeah. So when, when, you, when you look at the Bible in, uh, in Genesis, that's the first time we are introduced to light. Okay. Uh, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Uh, God allowed light to come out, to come forth. And it did. Okay. And uh, when you read the, the text in Matthew, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, let your lights shine, you know. It's us to let that light shine, you know. It has to shine before men. And in Genesis, God said, let there be light. He allowed light, you know. And I, I believe that this is a similar situation uh, with us on an individual basis where we have to allow God's light in our lives to shine. Uh, are you in an environment which is full of sin and you're just quiet, you do not speak up uh, against it, you just, our, our society can be passive sometimes, you know, we want to maintain peace, so you're just like, okay, uh, wh where are your values coming from? Where are your principles being uh, influenced, you know? So it's important for us to actually make a decision. The Bible says that they loved not their lives to the point of death. That's what the Bible says in Revelation. We have to have a conviction about this word. If we are going to, ha uh, to shine the light of God, if it's going to shine in us and we are going to do good works, this is something that needs to come from our relationship with him. I'm always inspired when, when I read uh, the story of Daniel and his friends. Uh, his friends said that, uh, oh, you king, we will not bow. We know that you're going to throw us in here, but we are not going to bow to you. But they had an assurance where they told the king, they said that, they said that whether you kill us or not, what we know is that God would deliver us from your hand. You know, do you have that assurance? They did not know, but they were ready to die for the word of God. They were ready to die for the convictions that they have about God's word. No man can teach you that conviction. That is something that comes from our relationship with God. And it's important to, to spend time with the word of God. And as I'm closing... I want to remind us uh, from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Uh, that's uh, a scripture which talks about how our lives are transformed. 
in verse 1, it talks about presenting ourselves as living sacrifices. Okay? And in verse 2, it talks about transformation. When the word of God comes to your life, it has to be transformed. Remember, we receive it as seed. And it has to yield. It has to grow. We have to nurture that word until it produces fruits. Amen. Yeah, so it's very important for us that for this transformation to occur, this is the light. This light shines. Uh, it, it shines because of the transformation that happens when we receive God's word. Okay? Uh, we saw in uh, Psalms that the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Have you been entering God's word? Okay. How often do you open scriptures and enter God's word? Because this word is living and it's active. Okay. Uh, sometimes if you, you notice that certain issues you have in your life will go away. If you can only learn to prioritize this, uh, this word. If we can only come to... Uh, a place where our relationship with our Heavenly Father is like, Lord, I, I love you and I will not love my life. I will put your word before me. And um, in conclusion, okay, I've concluded, but uh, lastly, I want to just say to you that um, like everything I've been talking about is to be the light of the world we must have the word, in, uh, the word of God in us. We must enter the word of God. To receive that understanding, the entrance of your word gives light. And it gives understanding to the simple. The Lord Jesus Christ was not asking. He was like, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. How do you know these good works? It has to come from the inside. It's something, it's how you live your life. You know, it's not something like, oh, I'm at church today, or we have these scriptures. No, uh, it's something that comes from the heart. And that's why it's important for us to guard our hearts. Proverbs 4, verse 23, uh, the Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it come the issues of life. So as we live life and as we continue uh, through our journey and our relationship with the Lord, it's just like any person, you know. Uh, God is a person and any person to, for us to be close, we have to spend time with them. You know, you spend time with them and the, the more you spend time with them, the, the, the more you know them. So loving your life to the point of death should come from how well the confidence you have in God. You know that I am saved. You know that God is a good God. And it's not something that anyone needs to ask you. It's something that should come, something you do without even thinking about it. Amen. That was my 15 minutes. Thank you so much. Morning, church. I was praying it doesn't get done. 
Tell a bit nervous when I come here. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you are the salt of this world. Can you look at your neighbors? I look like salt. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'll uh, go straight into the scriptures. Um, we read from uh, first scripture. We read um, Matthew 5, verse uh, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Uh, the other scripture we'll look at is Colossians 4, verse 6. Let, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Then also look, uh, we'll look at, uh, okay, we'll jump to the last one. Let us also look at uh, Second Kings 2.21. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, this is what the Lord says, I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make Make the land unproductive. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Father God, let your word be spoken through me as it has been spoken through my brother. Lord, whatever is not in line with your word, let it fall off along the way. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to uh, divide uh, the short message uh, in two parts. The first one being uh, the first one being being our words. First, uh, just for a brief, I, I, I took some time to just check on what sort is all about. What is sort? How does it come about? How are we to be the sort of, of, of the earth? Sort, does anyone know what uh, makes up sort? Sort is made up of sodium chloride, no? Sodium and chloride, different, separating. All of them together, they're poisonous. But you put them together, you have sort. And without sort, you cannot survive. So now coming to our words, how do we use our words as as a sword in, in this life. How do we speak to people on this earth uh, in our community? Because if we say we are the sword, we ought to have an impact with people around us. You know, uh, most of the times, uh, we don't really know how to use our words. But we're always learning. We should never stop learning. There was one time, uh, God asked me a question. He said, Joseph, what were you talking about today? And I said, uh, God, I talked about a lot of things today. What do you, what are you trying, what, can you be more specific? He didn't answer me. He asked me a question again. He said, Joseph, what were you talking about today? And I said, I talked about a lot of things today. Can you be more specific? He asked me the third time. He said, Joseph, what were you talking about today? And I said, can you be more specific? And then he said, 
I want you to do something for me tomorrow. Tomorrow, anything that has to do with gossip, do not entertain. And then I paid a lot of particular attention to every person that was coming uh, with the story. Like Nancy said last week, every person comes with a juicy story, you know. Juicy sound interesting, you know. Every person. I realize most of the time, most of the things that we talk about, they're usually about other people. Someone comes and complains how slow someone is at work, how someone didn't wash the dishes. Every time, 90%, the things that we talk about, usually other people. We rarely ever talk about things that are going to improve the lives of other people. We're all about destroying. You know, you ought, there, there is a difference. If you ought to be the sort, you ought to learn to tell the truth and not discriminate. There's a difference to learn to tell the truth to people and not to discriminate. The Bible says uh, faithful are the wounds of a, faithful are the wounds of a, of a, of a friend and the kisses of an enemy. Uh, eh? I missed that. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You understand? So if you, if you are the sort, you ought to tell the people the truth, even if it means standing up. How do we affect the environments around us in the places that we are? If you, as a Christian, you say you're a Christian, let's say today, if you are put in the jury and you, you are convicted, for being a Christian, if someone has to test you for the ways that you speak, would they convict you guilty? Or you just speak like any other Christian, any other people, or any other believer and believers that are out there? You know, I've set a tone, I've set a standard where I am and where I will be. If I am, uh, I've noted this, even in my work environment, I have friends that curse. They talk, they don't know how to use right words. But when I come around, the tone changes because they realize that this guy is different. He doesn't talk like this. He, there are certain things that they can only talk about when I'm around. And certain things they can't talk because they do not tolerate. You know, that's how we ought to have an effect in the environment where we are. Because the ways that we speak, we can write on our future. You know, sort, sort can be used to preserve food. You know how we do sorted fish, huh? You can put salt and sort the food and it will preserve the food for quite a long time before it can be used. So the words that we speak, they can be used to prophesy over a person's life. Amen. So the words that you speak over a person's life, either, either they build or they are destroying the person that you're speaking about. Amen. Is it making sense? So we ought to learn to speak life into the into the lives or into our future. You know, uh, salt brings healing. If we look at the last uh, verse that we, we read, salt brings healing. Um, I remember, I don't know about you guys, but me when I was growing up, uh, growing up in the hood is a bit different. You know, when you catch yourself, your mom will wash you up and you put salt there. Nowadays it's different. We now know about data, you know, that's different. But back then, they would wash your wound and then they put salt. Salt is the one that's going to help start the, the healing process. So when you speak, do you cut, uh, do you cut uh, 
deep into a person's soul? Or do you bring life? You know, I've got friends that when I see them coming, not here in Open Church, away. When I see them coming this outside, I want to go the outside. Because these guys, they complain like no man's business. You have such kind of friends, we should have some here. <laughs> you know, there's some people who always complain. They will complain about everything. You just talk to them for five minutes. Man, you wish you didn't meet them on the way. But are we such kind of people? Are we the kind of people when someone sees us, they want to talk to us, they want to convince with us because they know after talking to us, they'll be so full of joy. They'll be so enthusiastic about life to start a new page. Or are we the kind whereby, ah, man, I just talked to that guy. Oh, I just talked to that lady, you know? And I don't feel like moving on anymore. Do we bring life? Are we really the sort that we speak we are? You know? Uh, we have to learn to be the sort of this age. We just These are things that we just read about, but we never think about. Is it making sense? Amen. Then the, the other part that I want to, to look at um, is, is the love part of, our, of, our, of the message. Christianity is identified by, by love. Do we know what is love? Do we walk in love towards other people? You know, the Bible says, in the old days, iniquity shall abound, and the love of men shall wax cold. You know, sometimes I feel, I feel sorry because I have some, some good, fine ladies. I don't know about here, but I've got good, fine ladies who failed to find, who failed to find a partner because all they're coming across are people who are not upright with God, are people who are not straightforward, are people who are not seeking God. These are the kind of people that they keep on coming across in their life. And it's so sad. You know, if, if we say we ought to learn to, to practice love, we ought to put other people before ourselves. But nowadays, you'll find young men, you'll find young ladies who always put themselves before other people. It's all about their needs. It's all about being self-centered. When the Bible says we ought to seek the goodness of other people and not put ourselves first in everything. You understand? So love, love should be centric. Even in our home, love should be centric. We ought to have an impact. We have to learn to walk in love. Love should be kind. And if you learn to put the love of God in practice, it will change a lot about your life and what you do. Amen. Um, let me give an example. There was one time I was, I was staying at a certain flat, and what happened is uh, the next guy wanted to move, uh, I, I talked to him. So, because the house was better than mine, I said, okay, I'll, I'll move into this house. And you tell the landlord that the, uh, my brother is going to move in into this, into this place. I was like, okay, that's good. Then, what I did not know is the guy was not paying water bills. Then he had destroyed the house and all those kind of things. So, he moved out and said, my brother had remained in the house. And then, I got in trouble with a landlord. And then when the landlord tried to get hold of him, I think he just insulted her and stuff like that. So he didn't go down well for me. 
it was quite bad. I mean, she was on my neck. She was like, Joseph, as soon as I come to that place, your things are going to fly out of the house. You know, I don't want to hear anything from you. I'm going to take you to court or to police wherever. And I was like, no, you have to hear me out. She's like, no, I don't want to talk to you. And she came the first time we talked. She didn't throw things out of my house. Then she went home. Then the next time, she talked to the guy. She was so upset again. She came very wounded. Like, you know how Bemba ladies can be? Typical Bemba. Not, not, not the ones we find in town. Typical Bembas, you know. She was very upset. She was shouting all over the phone. I just don't want to see your face when I come. You should be out of my house. I'm going to take you to court and stuff like that. I talked to her. She went back. She didn't throw things out of my house. A third time, the same thing happened. Then when she came, she said something very interesting. She said, Joseph, when I come here, I'm very upset. I'm very wounded. And the only thing I just want is to kick you out of my house. But every time I talk to you, I lose my strength. Like, your words are so kind and so tender, such that I have no strength in me. What she did not know is I was using the love of God on her. You understand? I read the scriptures. I knew that the light and the God in me was stronger than the hatred which was in her. Yeah, I could have made a mistake here and there, but I knew that the one in me was greater than the darkness that was trying to threaten me. I can never be threatened. I don't like losing my peace. I don't like losing my peace. My peace was bought at a price as priceless. You know, I don't like things getting to me. I remember my first car uh, got involved in an accident, and I told my wife, I was like, uh, hey, baby, how are you? I was like, I'm good. She was like, uh, I think I've been involved in an accident. She didn't believe me, and she called all my friends. <laughs> like, but we're so calm. I was like, yeah, so what? You know, then the next time I was involved in an accident, same car, that car didn't like me, I tell you. Same car, in less than six months, she was involved in an accident again. And I told her, I was like, I think my car's been involved in an accident. And she, this time, she believed me, because she know my tone, that I don't let things get to me. I don't panic. You know, we have to learn to let the love of God control us. We have to learn to let the love of God work for us. You know, most of the times, we have never even taken that step of how to use the love of God in situational circumstances. You know, one thing I usually like saying is, I always say it's useless to pray for peace, personal peace. It's different for praying for peace while there are elections or there's war, you know, praying for peace. But personally, praying for peace, I always say it's useless. Why? Because if you look at the Bible, uh, in the first, uh, it should be epistles of Peter, it says, let grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and of our God. You understand? Then if you look at Isaiah 26, 3, I think it says, uh, him whose mind is stayed on thee, he shall keep him in perfect peace. So as long as your mind is stayed on God, you will have peace. Every time you have depression, you have anxiety, you worry, it means you're not, your mind is not stayed on the things of God. There's no you can try to justify that. I would rather believe the Bible than you. So the Bible should be the standard for our lives. Amen. And the only way we're going to learn how to speak and to live with people, walk in love, 
is by us speaking the words and being the salt of this earth. Uh, Brother Shem quoted something very interesting here, uh, Romans 12. Uh, it talks about us renewing our mind by reading the Bible. Most of the times we feel lazy reading the Bible. We feel lazy praying. When we pray, when we come to church, we only read the Bible when we come to church. You know, the Bible is the seed of God. You need to understand that. There's something interesting about, uh, about the Bible being sown in our hearts. If you look at the parable of the sower, when the seed was first sown, the first thing that happens is the devil. The Bible says immediately the devil comes to steal. Have you ever been out of church and after 10 minutes, like, what was scripture being read? Ah, man, I can't even remember what was being read. The Bible says immediately the, the devil comes to seal. Then the second thing is, if the devil does not immediately steal, then he's going to bring the cares of his world. And you've got things to worry about. No, I did not pay for my kids. Hey, what range is due? I don't know how I'm going to survive. All those kind of things, as they are coming, it means the devil is trying to steal the, by, the word of God that has been sown in your, in your heart. Amen. So we ought to learn to walk in love. We ought to learn to practice love. So I also give uh, one, more, one more story as a testimony. There was one time I was studying, I was, I was doing my bachelor's, I think I was in the, in the last year, uh, doing my last year in the bachelor's. Then what happened is I had not paid the, uh, the full fees for, 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 for school. And then what they had said is, if you have not paid the full tuition fee, you do not have an AD card, you cannot write the exams. And then I was supposed to write an exam. I only used to get like two weeks to go write my exams. The other two weeks I would use it like for, 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 for studying. The other one is for exams. And I remember going uh, into the library and I met this woman and she was so bitter. She said, if you have not, if you do not have a card, you have not paid, you are not going to enter this place. And she, there were a lot of people that were stranded, a lot of students. And I wish I said, I'm going to use the love of God on this woman, you know. I don't have a card, but in one way or the other, I need to get into the library because I needed to study. And then what happened is when I got there, she's like, as long as you do not show me your card, you're not entering this place, you're just wasting your time. And I went, I was like, mom, I don't have the card, but I walked over 30 minutes coming to this place. I need to study. And she's like, she refused. I talked one or two, three, uh, she refused. And I went back, I was like, I'm going to be on my father's neck as soon as I get down the stairs. Like, I'm going to tell God, I put your love to use, but I did not get into the library. And I walked off, at least after I walked off about 100 meters, and a guy came running after me. And then a guy, he was like, she's calling me your back. <laughs> and I went there, she was like, can enter. Oh, she's looking this side. Like she didn't want to look at me. So you see, we can put the love of God to good use. There's no situation that's hard for God. As long as we learn to relate with his word, we can come and challenge him and say, Father, I acted on your word, but this has not worked. And God will show you where you missed it. Amen. Uh, and lastly, Every word 
that has been spoken on this altar. It's for admonition. It's for our life. It's for our life. Amen. If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, this is this is the time. I'll share I'll share a short story before I, I, I invite who has not received Jesus Christ as the Lord and personal Savior to song. I read a book uh, for Kenneth E. Hagen. It says something very interesting. He said, uh, there was one time I was preaching. Then I saw a fine-looking uh, young man. It's like even if you put like 10 people together, they could not match up to him. That would be like uh, me, Samson, Jethro, persons together. Since we are the finest, amen. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> he said, I saw some darkness hovering on top of that young man. And then I said, young man, if you come to the Lord today, you'll come to the light. And God will receive you. And then the pastor went to that young man. When he talked to him, he said, I'm not ready. Not today. So the pastor let him. And the young man went home. In the evening, he went to drink with his guys, his friends. And after he got a bit drunk, he went home. Then because he was drunk, he felt to open the door. And then he started just, he wanted to open it by force. So he started hitting the, the, the door. After hitting it three or four times, then it opened. And six bullets opened fire to his face. His face was disfigured. And then he went to, he was in the hospital. And then the pastor went to, his, went to see him. And then he was like, I should have listened. I should have listened. I know that word was for me. I should have listened. Well, his face was disfigured, but somewhere inside of him, a voice was coming out. And then the guy died. You're always saying, I should have listened. He started saying, it's dark in here. It's hot in here. It's dark in here. It's hot in here. He went quiet. That's how he died. You know, every word that has been spoken on this altar is meant to bring us to Christ. It's meant to bring us life. We should never ignore. You know, one thing I usually find fun about salvation is no one knows if you are really born again, even if we invite you to receive Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and personal Savior. But you and God know. Us, the only thing we can see is the fruits with time. And you ought to bear fruits. If we can't see the fruits, we can only assume. But this morning, God, if you've never hardly, Romans 10, 17 says, you have to receive him. In your heart, believe in your heart and confess. So if you've never, and you doubt, if you've never really, you don't know the relationship, the way it stands. You know, one thing you need to understand is God is coming for people that are ready. God is not coming for people that are preparing. God is coming for people that are ready. So this, this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, want to give you this opportunity. Amen. Amen. Let us not be like that young man said, I was there in church. I heard those sermons. I heard all those things. Why didn't I make the right choice? So if you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, 
I'm going to just give a minute for it to soak in in our hearts. And I'll say the Lord's Prayer. Amen. that's you and the conviction has come upon your heart I want to, to, you to repeat after me say Lord Jesus Lord I come before you Lord take me as I am you are my savior with all my faults with all my failures I breathe in before you Father God forgive me I want to start this journey with you. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. And if you are my Lord, I will follow you. Father God, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that I've been cleansed. Thank you that I've been purified. Thank you that I've been made righteous. Thank you now my place is with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Ekala ma prehedosia. La frekedosia shina ma prahadas deliga nasha. Okina masa prekedosi ichina stegea talibe. Vikiti yasta ikali pre. Esumi ya fregetosi yashena. Toto libra hadastale ketos ich na fata kai pio dosesh. Lefena kachi le fregeto si ashine mekosi. Ofani me preheko si pre kadasi kia ma preheto si asanta. Shata, shata, i preheto si. Oh, come unto me. Oh, come unto me and I'll give you rest. I am the life of giving your life. I am the sword I've given you sword. Why won't you abide in the vine so that you may bear much fruit? Do it today, for tomorrow might be long. For tomorrow may not be there. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Let me come in. Let me come in. Let me come in, my son and daughter. Eternity it's too long to be wrong. Make a choice today and come unto Father. Come unto the Father. His arms stretch wide. Thank you, Lord, for the interpretation of those tongues. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.